It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sforpros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. First of all, thank you as always for listening, and you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app, and please Check out the rest of the Lockdown Network, which includes the Lockdown NFL, Lockdown NFL Draft, and of course, Lockdown Cowboys to get you ready for Sunday. And of course, check out my work, please, over at PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview, which more than likely will post sometime very early on Saturday morning. And that's our final look at Sunday's playoff showdown between the Packers and Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. And with that, we will have our Behind Enemy Lines podcast with Drew Davison of Lockdown Cowboys and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Before we get rolling, you look at Thursday's injury report. Thursday, of course, is the big day for the Packers, where they go in pads and work. They have the most extensive practice of the week. Four players did not practice. One outside linebacker, Jameron Elliott, that was not injury-related. There must have been some sort of personal matter there. Wide receiver Jordy Nelson, of course, at the ribs. Running back James Sirks with a concussion. And center J.C. Treader with a knee. And two players who did not practice on Wednesday did practice on Thursday. Wide receiver Jeff Janis was limited with a thigh. And Julius Peppers, after resting on Wednesday, was full participation on Thursday. The Cowboys, meanwhile, are going to be full strength. Every player in the team practice, and the only change in injury report, Morris Claiborne, their best cornerback, went from limited to full participation. Claiborne missed the last nine games with a grin injury. But he will be good to go for Sunday. And with that, let's get into it or Behind Enemy Lines podcast with Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. All right, this is Bill Huber from Packer Report and Lockdown Packers with Drew Davison of Lockdown Cowboys and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. How you doing, Drew? Well, how you doing? Uh, excited for this uh, rematch of the 2014 divisional round as well as the October game. Yeah, what, what, do you think, what do you think the key was that first game back in October for Dallas? I, I, I think it's Obvious, it was Ezekiel Elliott. He was starting to get rolling right then. Rushed for 157 yards, and the Cowboys were really able to control the clock. And, and Aaron Rodgers didn't look like himself. Had a, that terrible throw. Uh, kind of gifted Barry Church an interception there. So, uh, so I think that a combination of things, but it started up front, and I, I think that's going to be the key 
this week, once again, if the Packers can can find a way to kind of contain and slow down the Cowboys' rushing offense. Yeah, is it? I mean, obviously, the line is great and Elliott is great, and, and it probably works in tandem. But just how good has Elliott been compared to? I mean, obviously, it's the same line last year, but a different back, and it wasn't quite the same offense. Right. Well, and, and I, I, you know, the big question in Dallas uh, has been who would you give your MVP to, Ezekiel Elliott or Dak Prescott? And I tend to lean towards Dak Prescott because the backup quarterbacks last year combined to go 1-11 without Tony Romo. So, And Darren McFadden rushed for uh, over 1,000 yards as the fourth uh, leading rusher in the NFL, and he didn't really take over until week six. But with that being said, Ezekiel Elliott is such a dynamic player for the Cowboys and a home run threat every time he touches the ball. And, and I think we saw that really come to fruition in Green Bay earlier this season, and he's kind of carried that forward. And, uh, you know, he's proven worthy of the fourth overall pick. And if there's anyone out there wondering, you know, whether running backs are still valued like they used to be, uh, if you get a special one like Ezekiel Elliott, which he's turned out to be, uh, they're certainly certainly worth, worth high draft picks. Yeah, you know, just watching from afar, I kept watching those carries pile up. You know, 21 week, you know, he had 28 here, he had 25 the next week, and so on and so on. I thought they're going to kill the guy. But he was, it didn't matter, did it? I mean, he was remarkable how, how durable he was. I guess, I guess that's what stood out to me. Yeah, and me too. And I think he ended the season with about 320 carries. And, and, you know, that wasn't close to the 392 DeMarco Murray had back in 2014. But certainly, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's a young back. And, it's, and, and per game, they, they used him about the same as Ohio State did in college. So he's used to that workload, and they didn't play him in the season finale. And, and I thought Aaron Rodgers you know, made an interesting point on the conference call with Dallas media the other day, you know, kind of alluding to the rust factor and the layoff factor. And it, it'll be interesting to see how, if any, you know, this time off affects Ezekiel Elliott, whether it takes him a little bit to get going and get back in a rhythm, or whether – you know, he'll be fresh and, and kind of come out the gates streaming. So, uh, it, it, uh, from a Packers perspective, how, how do you think they're going to try and, you know, kind of contain him uh, this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, he's got to be the, the focal point. But, you know, the problem is I, I'm sure he's been the focal point for everybody, hasn't he? <laughs> Without a question. I, and, you know, and I look at the Packers' run, D, and I'm sure, as your listeners know, and as I've mentioned to my listeners, you know, the, the Green Bay had the top-ranked run D, I believe, or the number two-ranked run D uh, when Dallas visited in October. And obviously, you know, that kind of proved to be uh, more of an anomaly, maybe one of those early season stats where they just didn't face great running teams, uh, such as the Cowboys. But it's one of those things where you, as much as focus as people put on Ezekiel Elliott, it really does open up the passing game, and Dak Prescott's, taking care of the ball extremely well, uh, much like Aaron Rodgers these last seven games. You know, he, he's had 270-plus pass attempts without an interception. So uh, so if they key in on Zeke, then, you know, Dak has been shown to pick pick teams apart. So it'll be interesting. But, you know, if they can't slow down Ezekiel Elliott, I, I think the Cowboys can really control the game from the start, don't you? Yeah, that's for sure. You know, you, you mentioned that run defense. The first four games, I mean, they weren't number one in the, in the league. They were number one. It was like historic stuff. I, I, I don't have it in front of me. The top first four games, they had something like 170 yards total. Total. 
and it was 1.99 yards per carry in four games. And Elliott ran for 157 or 8, whatever it was, and the Cowboys ran for 190-something in about six a carry. So, so, so Dallas had more rushing yards in that game than Green Bay had in the first four combined, and then, you know, they basically tripled the, the per carry stuff. It was, it was a massacre, and I don't, I don't know how Green Bay improves. The run defense hasn't, it hasn't been bad, it's been kind of just kind of ho hum, and, and some of that's because they their cornerbacks are so beat up that they've had to play a lot of pass coverage and, and a lot of the where they used to put the safety in the box. They haven't been able to do that so much. So so the, their mediocre run defense the last 10, 12 games. I, I don't think it's quite that bad, but they can't put the safety in the box. I mean, they're going to put the safety in the box this game too. It didn't matter the first time, but then, like you said, then then he got to come back Prescott, and he's got. Des Bryant, he's got uh, Terrence Williams, he's got Cole Beasley, who had two touchdowns the first game. He's got uh, Jason Witten. He's got so many passing weapons. I mean, if they, like, like you said, if they can't stop or, or at least slow down uh, Ezekiel, so it's a third and five game rather than a third and two game. They just, they just don't have a prayer, I don't think. Right. Well, and the one guy I'm. I that I, obviously you got to keep an eye on, to me, is Julius Peppers, and, and not more so slowing down the run, but, you know, he, had, he forced that big turnover in the 2014 playoffs. He had, I believe, the only sack uh, when, when the Cowboys played the Packers earlier this season, So he, and he had a sack last week. So it seems like he's, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable seeing a 36-year-old doing what he's doing. So I think, you know, that the Packers clearly have some talent on defense. It, it kind of reminds me a lot of the Cowboys' defense. I mean, kind of a lot of no-name guys. People, unless you live in Green Bay or unless you live in Dallas, you don't really know, you know, a, a Troy Gian or, or a Kenny Clark or some of these guys that, you know, are kind of the Packers are going to have to count on to uh, slow down the Cowboys' offense. That's a great point. Um, for Green Bay, I don't think the whole equals the sum of their parts. Part of that's because their cornerbacks have been beat to hell. Sam Shields has been their number one guy. He had a concussion the first game, and he hasn't played since and might never play again. I mean, he had it was it was Shields and Richard Sherman, number one in the NFL in interceptions over the from 2010 through 15. That's how good Shields was. So he's basically missed the whole year. Uh, the other cornerback is Demarius Randall. He had a, he had a groin surgery. He missed the Dallas game the first time. He's been off and on. He played pretty well against the Giants. You know, but God only knows how what he's going to do the next week. Quentin Rounds had a concussion against Detroit in Week 17. He may or may not play. Although Darius Gunter's been their number one guy. He was an undrafted free agent last year, which just says something about your cornerback core, right? If, if that's your number one guy, the Cowboys just torched him in Week Six. But that was really his only really bad game. He doesn't run very well, but he's a pretty good technician. So their, their secondary has been the issue. Um, but you know you got Clay Matthews who's been beat up, and, and Peppers at thirty six. He's I mean he's really been one of their better guys. He doesn't he doesn't practice on Wednesdays anymore. He didn't play much earlier in the year. And they they kind of saved him up for this part of the season to make some plays in the playoffs, and he's done pretty well. But I look at Dallas, where, where I don't think Green Bay's parts equal to some. I think Dallas's um, some equal are more than the parts. That's kind of my impression. I mean, if you're ever going to put nineteen a game, that, that's pretty good work. Yeah, well, and kind of like you said, I mean, the, the Cowboys, uh, unlike the Packers, even though you know they might not be household names, they've been able to stay relatively healthy on defense. And, and Rod Marinelli's scheme is all about 
hustle and get to the ball and really kind of just playing fundamental football. And that's something the Cowboys have been able to do. And they do have guys who seem just to flash, you know, whether it's a David Irving one week, obviously had that terrific game up in Green Bay right. uh, in October, or a guy like uh, Barry Church coming through with a timely pick, or Byron Jones making a pass defense. And, and of course, kind of the name on the Cowboys defense, much like Julius Peppers or Clay Matthews or the Packers, is Sean Lee. And he had a remarkable season, got all-pro honors, and rightfully so. Uh, didn't get Pro Bowl honors, but uh, all-pros. <laughs> That's funny. He just anyway. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I mean, they got they got some talent. I mean, Tyrone Crawford's a defensive end. Uh, he kind of started as a defensive tackle. They moved him to defensive end, but he's got a $40 million some odd dollar contract. So they do have guys they've paid and, and like on the defense, but they're just not as heralded as, as some defenses left in the playoffs. But I, I do agree that, you know, if you look at the Cowboys, they're not – they weren't necessarily great on third down. They weren't necessarily great at not giving up the big play. They weren't necessarily great at taking the ball away. They didn't have a steady pass rush week in and week out. But the one thing they did do was, you know, play pretty good red zone and, and keep points off the board and, you know, limit those big drives instead of turning them into field goals instead of touchdowns and things like that. You know, they got the one timely stop when they needed it. So, you know, they certainly – were never a dominant defense where they would take over a game, but, you know, they played well enough. And like you said, that's a good way to put it. You know, the, the part, the, the sum was certainly better than maybe the parts would suggest. How about the pass defense? I look at the numbers, there was like 67% completions and a pass rating of 94. I guess from the paper perspective, they would seem vulnerable. But again, if you look at the points allowed, they've been good. What's What's been the story there? Pass defense-wise. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they have been pretty good, and pro football focus actually had them as one of the top secondaries, if not the top in the NFL. So uh, so certainly they've they performed well, and, and they went through a stretch. Uh, Barry Church, you know, broke his forearm, missed four games or so. And then Mo Claiborne, you know, the first-round pick from a 2012 at LSU uh, has missed he last played October 30th, uh, but he should be ready for the playoffs. But, you know, they, they really, for as much as they hit a home run with Dak Prescott in the fourth round, they have a rookie, Anthony Brown, out of Purdue, a cornerback who's, who's exceeded expectations. Orlando Skandricks, one of the top nickel cornerbacks, he's battled through some injuries, but he, he's played pretty well. And, and even though Brandon Carr, uh, at least in Dallas, catches a lot of flack to the $50 million uh, deal he got. He certainly has been a steady presence, a veteran out there. He's not, you know, he, he's certainly not maybe the difference maker the Cowboys thought they were getting, but he, he's reliable. He's played every single game, so uh, and he's had an interception this year. Uh, but, I mean, they, they've just, you know, kind of, again, not flashy, but just very solid players uh, that have been able to slow down some of these passing offenses. Um, I think I think that's for losing Nelson really hurts the Packers here because it's the it's kind of like the step down. I, I would assume it probably would have been Claiborne against Nelson probably, right? Yeah, yeah. They would have matched up. So, and, and Claiborne, you know, kind of matched up with Jordy Nelson in the first game. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that would have been the matchup. And, and Nelson, you know, didn't have a great, great game against the Cowboys. But, 
uh, certainly he takes a lot of attention, and that's where you saw, you know, that, that's where a guy like Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams could really maybe find the holes and the gaps in the uh, Cowboys secondary. Yes, that's how I was thinking, because if, if Claiborne were taking Nelson, now maybe Claiborne takes Adams, which maybe isn't a step down too much, but then, then it's Carr. Then it'd been Carr, rather than against Adams, it'd be against, against the Geronimo Allison. It's just the, every guy's facing a little bit of a lesser guy. Uh, so I, I think that's what really kills the Packers. Um, and then it's Scannerick against Cobb in the slot. How, how's, is Scannerick back, and how's, how's he been? Because I know it was Brown the first game. Yeah, yeah he, he had a, both hamstrings. It is a weird deal. Both hamstrings, you usually only hear one or the other bothering a guy, but he was dealing with both hamstring injuries, but he is healthy and uh, ready to go. And, and the bye week really helped the Cowboys get healthy on defense. And, and Orlando Skandrick's kind of been battling through things. So, But when he's been in there, he's been pretty effective and pretty good. Uh, he, he did have you know, he was frustrated at, er, earlier this season because he felt he was putting bad film out there uh, because he wasn't playing 100%. So, uh, certainly he, he's looked better. And, but with that being said, I mean, Cobb obviously had three touchdowns and, and the Hail Mary. And trust me, the Cowboys are practicing defending the Hail Mary uh, this week. So, it should be interesting. But, you, you know, I, I think the key is, and correct me if I'm wrong, where Nelson will also be missed outside of, you know, the defenders facing a lesser receiver is when Rodgers evades pressure and gets out of the pocket, it seems like Nelson was always the guy who found the the, the uh, soft spot in the defense and kept that play alive uh, a lot of the times for Rodgers and the Packers offense. That's a great point. Rodgers broke into the starting lineup in 2008, and it was uh, Jordy Nelson's first year in the NFL. So those two have really grown up together. They've taken a lot of reps together. They're they, they don't only have the it's not only just the on the field chemistry, but they're best friends off the field, and it shows. I mean, they've got so many. It's not just the thousands of game reps, but it's the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of reps in May and June and August. You know, all those things add up where they've had this uncommon chemistry. So I think you raise a good point there. Then the scramble drill that that probably will be missed. He's got some of that with Devontae Adams. Um, the, the first touchdown. Against the Giants last week, you know, Adam or Rodgers extended the play for about eight and eight and a quarter seconds. I think it was before he threw the ball and he threw a a pass in the in the corner to Adams. But here I go back to a, a few weeks ago where you know Rodgers is kind of freelancing in the back and, and Nelson just points to a spot against Seattle mid route. He points to a spot. Rodgers throws it to the spot. Nelson breaks off his run gets a touchdown against Cam Chancellor. It's one of the one of the coolest plays I've ever seen. So it's it is that they will they will certainly miss that, but he's got a lot of reps with with Cobb too. But um, I, I want to go to your run defense, number one in the league. Is it that good of a defense? What's been the what's been the key there? Is it just Sean Lee being uh, so being back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill. To be honest, I think it's probably a little some of uh, the Packers having the top ranked run D back in October. I mean, they haven't faced great. Uh, Rushing offenses. I mean, obviously they played the Giants twice. The you know Eagles didn't have a great running game, uh, so it's not like they faced these great, great rushing teams. And you know, so but they have defended the run well and uh, not let them, not let you know running backs really get off, uh, so so to speak. I mean, uh, or, or let me put it this way: when you look at the run D. 
uh, you also got to factor in the Cowboys have been playing with the lead a lot of times. Sure. Forces teams to throw the ball a lot. I mean, uh, uh, so, I mean, when teams are forced to throw and not running the ball as often, clearly the rushing yards aren't going to be as high. So I think it's a combination of everything. That's not to really take anything away from the Cowboys' run D because, you know, the stats say – uh, they are where they are, but when you you kind of have to put it in context of you know when teams are throwing it, you know I, I, Kirk Cousins threw it like 55 times, you know against the Cowboys one game. So it, you know teams are not really trying to run the ball in the Cowboys when they're playing from 14 behind or or what have you. So, uh, but it will be interesting to see how the the Packers try and attack them. I mean, Christian Michael's a guy who played with Dallas for, for a few games last year, uh, you know, clearly had a few good games, especially a couple weeks ago, correct me if I'm wrong, he had a hundred, uh, excuse me, Ty Montgomery had the big game a couple weeks ago. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how the Packers try and attack the Cowboys' run team. Yeah, I think they will ignore the Cowboys' run D, you know, they'll probably be like, like, like you mentioned with Cousins. Um, you know, Ty Montgomery had the big game against the Bears, like you mentioned, 160 yards, but I think the last three games combined, he's got maybe a hundred. Um, Kristen Michael was their was their best runner last week, but I don't know how much you can go with Michael because you know as Cowboys and, and you probably know. I mean, he's he's not a great threat in the passing game. He's not a great blocker in the passing game. So I, I feel like if he's in the game, you kind of know that he's in order to run the ball. So I think it kind of leaves you one dimensional. And then they're you know against Detroit, their their best runner was actually fullback Aaron Ripkowski. Um. You know, in that game, it was you know Ripkowski played a lot because you know the Lions were blitzing some, and and for as good as a runner as Montgomery's been, at the end of the day, he's still a converted wide receiver. He's he's never really pass blocked in his life until this year, so that leaves him a bit vulnerable there. I, I don't I don't know if the Cowboys will blitz much. That's really not their style. So, um, you know, it's been a kind of a hit and miss running game, and it, you know it's kind of been a hot hand if if they get one. But at the end of the day, Rodgers has been on such a roll. Even without Nelson, I would be surprised with anything else besides pass, pass, pass this week. Right. Well, and one thing I found interesting in the wild card game, and I'd like to get your reaction, and I'm sure Green Bay people uh, had plenty to say about it, but the play, uh, you, you know, where Mike McCarthy decides to go for it on fourth down in his own territory when they had a 14-6 lead, uh, and they ran the ball, it just – it, I mean, Ty Montgomery, and this isn't trying to be a knock on him, but he doesn't seem like, you know, the between-the-tackles guy is going to just pound, you know, get, get that extra yard for you. So I, that was a very uh, interesting decision. I mean, did you understand why Mike McCarthy went for it there, or, or were you just as baffled as a lot of us down here in Dallas? Yeah, we are all baffled, and this wasn't second-guessing. It was like, what, where's the punt team, for for one? And then they line up, it's like, well, are they just going to try to get him offside? And that was the second thing. And then they ran the play. And you're right, they, they are, according to football outsiders, they are toward the bottom of the league in, in third and fourth and short runs. So I mean, that didn't even include some of the Eddie Lacy stuff earlier in the year. That's just not their forte. You know, Montgomery's broken some tackles, but yeah, you're right, he's still, I, I, don't, I don't like his chances on third and one. But beyond that, what if you got the first down there? Okay, you're still 30 yards from scoring. You're still 30 yards from a long field going on a freezing cold day. So I, I didn't get the upside of that. And, you know, even uh, 
you know, even uh, the next day, uh, McCarthy uh, expressed some regret. One about the play call, but two about the decision. So, you know, the offense is rolling at that point. And he was trying to, you know, put him away, but a very, very curious decision on, on his part, I thought. Yeah, well, and it kind of reminds me of the 2014 playoff game. If uh, you recall, I mean, Jason Garrett at the end of the first half, the Cowboys should have had more than a 14-10 lead going into it. They really kind of butchered the clock management, you know, at the end of the first half and, and kind of gave the Packers some life going into halftime. So it's one of those things where it's, you know, I, I understand coaches want to be aggressive. It is the playoffs, but you also have to kind of be smart. So I, I think it'll be kind of an interesting chess match between McCarthy and Garrett going into this one. What's uh, what, what are Cowboys fans worried about, or, or are they not worried about this game at all? What's what's the what's the vibe down there? They're still worried about the definition of a catch, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I'm joking, but obviously, you know, uh, that that that's still a very uh, hot topic down here in Dallas. Not facing the Packers again, of course. As we mentioned, Sam Shields, the guy who's defending Dez on the play, isn't. Uh, you know, won't be playing, but, you know, I, I think the, the biggest concern the Cowboys fans have is, is how the rookies handle the playoff stage. And so far, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel, no stage has been too big. And, and I think it really started not only, obviously, with the season opener, but, you know, going to Lambeau in October, that was really a uh, big, significant turning point where I think, you know, that's when the Cowboys won their fifth straight game with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, and that's where I think everyone's like, whoa. I mean, these 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 kids are for real. I mean, you know, they just went into Lambeau, and granted Rodgers wasn't at his peak performance, but still, uh, for them to kind of do what they did uh, at Lambeau and win uh, was really kind of a turning point. And I think, you know, obviously everyone knows no rookie quarterbacks led a team to the Super Bowl, so... That's really where I think you know fans are a little nervous whether playoff inexperience is going to catch up with the Cowboys, especially going against a proven quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. But uh, on the flip side, what, what are kind of Packers fans worried about facing Dallas? Um, Ezekiel Elliott, and that, that'd be number one. Then two would be Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> and number three. <laughs> right. I, I, I just think Packer fans fear it's going to be a replay of the first game where you know Elliott ran it down the throat, and because of that, Prescott lit him up in the passing game. I, I, you know, I, I, th- I think Green Bay's offense will be, I, I shouldn't say fine without Nelson. I, I think they'll be able to adapt without him. I think they, I think they got enough weapons. But I, I think it's just the fear that Elliott was so good the first game. Green Bay's run defense hasn't gotten better, and Elliott hasn't gotten worse for sure. And, and certainly Prescott hasn't gotten worse now that he's, what, 400, 500 attempts into his NFL career. I just think Packer fans fear a, a repeat of that first game. I, you know, I know Packer fans hope that while well, the rookies maybe it'll show up, but I don't know what you think. But I mean, Ezekiel Elliott played at Ohio State. I mean, he's playing in Big Ten games and, and playoff games, and you know, Dak was in the SEC pressure cooker. I just think some of these guys just come into the league and, and they've they've seen all this stuff before. That okay, it's a playoff game. Okay, for whatever. I, I just think that it's not it's not a big deal to these big time guys from big time programs. Yeah, well, and I would agree with that, and I don't think the nerves really get to them. I think they kind of relish these moments and these opportunities, so to speak. And, and like you said, Ezekiel Elliott played in the New Year's Six Bowl all three years at Ohio State, won the national championship. Clearly, he's been on the big stage. And Dak Prescott, 
uh, took Mississippi State to number one in the country, uh, went to the Orange Bowl. So both of them have played in big moments, big stages, and I think they will handle it fine. Uh, it's just a question of, you know, if, if the Packers are somehow able to rattle them or, or uh, you know, force a turnover uh, early on, it, it will be interesting to see how they bounce back and respond to that. Uh, although, you know, so far they've answered every bell. So it should be a good game. I think it, I think there should be some good drama, and I, I think it'll be a close one. I, I, but if the Cowboys are able to control the clock and keep Rodgers off the field, I really like their chances. Is that your prediction? You're going Dallas? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm taking the Cowboys 27-23. I, I think Cowboys are going to, you know, the Giants could have jumped out to arguably a 14-0 lead last week. I think the Cowboys uh, can jump out to an early lead and just kind of, uh, you know, run the clock and, and really establish the running game and keep Rodgers off the field and kind of make him play catch-up uh, all day. How about you? Yeah, I'm going Dallas here, too. You know, maybe 30-20, to 20, kind of a repeat of that first game. Um, the one thing I think maybe Green Bay will give them a fighting chance here is that whole rest deal where, you know, you didn't play your guys in Week 17 too much or, or at all in case of press, or in case of Elliott. And then you get the bye. Maybe they come out a little rusty and maybe Green Bay can jump on them and that changes things. But I, I think that's really the best chance. But otherwise, I'll go, I'll go Dallas 30-20. to 20. Yeah, it sounds good. It should be a good one, Bill. Absolutely, Drew. And that was Drew Davison of Lockdown Cowboys and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram breaking down Sunday's matchup with the Packers. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you after the game on Sunday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.